Right, well, and welcome to the Creation Podcast. Here it is. It's it's a thing. Um, so I've just got a bit of a kind of uh, set up introduction um, just so get some idea what we're doing here. Um, so first up, why we're doing this right now. Um, because we're on a big social media drive, you might have noticed um, if you found a way to the podcast, you probably follow us on some channels or you've seen videos that we're making. Um, we just we want to reach as many people as we can um, with our work. And so we think that the best way to do this at the moment is social media. Um, and there's loads of content being generated at Creation right now. So people are writing blogs and vlogs and having interesting conversations. And so our podcast seemed like the place to put all those things together. Um, so why is it a podcast? Because we have loads of stories and we love to share them. Um, we've been talking about a podcast for ages. And every time we're in the middle of making a show, someone will say, Let's, we should podcast, we should have an interview with the director, we should get some vox pops from the audience. And it's obviously 10 to the dozen in the middle of making a show um, and we never quite get there. So we're in some downtime at the moment um, and we thought we'd do it. Um, and I have a problem with podcasts. I love them. Uh, and I'm often heard in the creation office saying, I was listening to a podcast yesterday. And so, yeah, this is my uh, my pioneering into the world of podcasts for creation. Um, so I'm Charlie. I'm creation's general manager. Um, you've probably seen me front of house at shows if you come to creation shows. Um, and I'm also here with Lucy, um, Hello. Oh, uh, I'm Lucy. Uh, I'm Creation's chief executive, um, and I've never listened to a podcast, so I'm completely new new to this. And, and Charlie is very much our podcast pioneer, who's introducing us all to this world. <laughs> well, well, that's my next sort of thing was just to talk about what the idea of the podcast is and what we're going to include. Which, to be honest, at the moment, is just a massive experiment. Where will we get to? Who will we get to talk to? And um, we think that the people and the ideas that make creation are interesting. There's all of us in the office. There's lots of directors and designers and actors and, and our venues and the really interesting people who brew our beer. And there's loads of people around creation who we just would really love to talk to and to hopefully let you hear from. Um, but yeah, also anybody that you think that would be fun to hear from them, please do just drop us a line. Um, okay, so I think I'll stop preambling and we'll do this one. Uh, so got to start somewhere. Um, and today Lucy and I are going to be discussing a hot topic in the creation team at the moment, which is revivals. Um, if you're thinking Walking Dead, that's not it. Although Maddie will talk to anyone about Walking Dead. So if you do want to talk about that and her survival strategies, um, email her. She loves it. Uh, no, theatrical revivals. So our summer season this year features two performances that Creation has put on before. Um, each has a twist, which we'll go into later on, but we thought it was a good opportunity to talk about the pros and cons of bringing back something versus making a new show. So um, starting with the definition, which you have to get from Wikipedia, that's the rules. It's not very <laughs> informative. It's a, it's a stub, tiny article, and it says... A revival is a restaging of a stage production after its original run has closed. New material may be added. Revivals are common in Broadway theatre, apparently. Does that sound like what we mean by a revival? Is that about right? Yeah, I think that's that's probably uh, yeah. How how weird see it that it's a show that we've done before. You know, if it kind of. Uh, if we remounted it very quickly after the end of its run, we'd consider it to still be the same show with just an extension. But actually, this is where you're kind of starting with the same artistic team, the same script, um, and you're revisiting it and doing it again. I think because of being creation, 
I think for us, a revival is always as much a reinvention as it is sort of saying this show went well, let's recreate it exactly as it was. But yeah, certainly it's the same people recreating the same show. I think potentially if you're talking about a Broadway show as well, that the original run is three years or something. Yeah. So what Wikipedia means is Wicked is on on Broadway and then it, then there's a revival that tours yeah. to London and Australia. And, and so it's a, a slightly different thing because it's a kind of massive project that then has another life. Whereas for us, creation shows exist as this little kind of wisp and they happen for five weeks, six weeks, maybe yeah. eight weeks. I'd be really interested to know you know, if you're headlong or if you're knee high or you're like a much bigger company than us that tours and you tour 1984 for 18 months and then you don't do it for a year and then you're you're getting ready to tour it again, do you consider that to be a revival or did you? is it not a revival because you knew at the start you were probably going to keep doing it for three years sporadically? You know, is actually, where do you draw, where do you draw the line? Where do the original run finish? If there's, if there's finish? a break in the original programming, does that mean it's a revival when you do it again? Or is it about the intention when you first make the work of how long you might be touring that round and showing it to other people? And they're obviously all new questions for us because we, we only produce in Oxford. So we don't normally have that sort of plan of we've created a show, we're just going to we'll keep going around the country for years performing it. We quite often, we're in a sort of habit at the moment. One of my tasks at creation is to try and maintain a certain level of, of order of our stuff. And every it feels like every time at the moment we finish a show, we think, we won't throw the props away because maybe it'll have another life. It's starting to feel more and more like once we've put all of our hearts and souls and all of our artistic team's hearts and souls into these things that it then feels like to let them just disappear. It's really difficult just emotionally for us to just throw the Cinderella skirt in the bin at the end of the run because it's yeah. the magical object. Yeah. But and I think it's certainly something that, I don't know if it's something that we'll touch on later anyway, Charlie, but I think it's certainly something that if you show if you showed any objective business person the business model of we're going to spend £100,000 on a show, we're going to put it together in three or four weeks and we're going to only run it for five weeks and then that's it. And then it's it's gone and that, that everything's going to go in the bin and we're never going to do and it again. And regardless of whether we've made our money back. Yeah. There's, we, yeah. we plan a run, we arrange it with a venue because we're not, we, we don't have a venue. So we have to say to, to Blackwells or to the Mass Institute that we've booked five weeks. If we've broken even or not in that five weeks, that's the end of our booking. Yeah. So the only thing you can't, you often can't extend because yeah. prices, it's just prices the, are just the kind premium. of obvious flaw in the plan is why are you creating work that... You know, people are coming out of and saying, I really want to see this again. Or people are missing out on and saying, I wish I'd seen it. And then just kind of writing it off and never revisiting it. So it's a kind of, if you're sort of standing back. And obviously a lot of what we're motivated by is kind of to do with the artistic side of it and the emotional side of it. But even if you take that out and you are, you know, a completely objective, uninvolved in the Oxford art scene, you would look at the business model and go this is in, insanity why yeah, aren't you doing more missing, with the work you're missing a trick so well i have some stats about revivals in um uk theater just to sort of put because we're like dipping our toe in revivals but obviously it's it's pretty established so they are woefully out of date unfortunately and uh, the British Theatre Consortium and the Society of London Theatre and UK Theatre did a survey of sort of um, productions. They released it in 2015, but it covers 2013. So we're quite a long time ago. But they seem to have identified a trend, which was that new work um, is about 59% of all productions and then 66% of performances and 66% of income. So, But that, that they're saying is a trend towards 
fewer revivals and more new productions. So they reckon that in the 70s or 70s and 80s, it was 12% of productions were new work. And then in the 90s, it goes up to 20 and now we're up to 40. So that seems to suggest that more and more people are making things that are new. Um, Lucy's having mic issues. <laughs> I think it's fine. It's fine, it's fine. fine. It's not falling off. That, but it's, uh, it's just gradually leaning to the floor. You must have to love do that bit they do in podcasts where they go, we'll edit that out, and then they don't. And then you have to listen to them saying, we'll edit it out. Yeah, so it seems, actually, from their findings, that new work is starting to sort of tip revivals or that perhaps previously in the past there there were more um there were more revivals and they're kind of i suppose what they don't give you there is the scale of the productions um they do give you a little ps that 36 long-running shows um were two percent of the productions and 45 percent of the seats so a massive part of that is skewed by really big west end shows that are just kind of running forever um and continue to run um I think it's kind of an, an interesting question as well that, you know, creation's sort of remit is that, that we love Shakespeare and we love classic texts. Those are kind of really our source material for, for all of our productions because it's taking really good stories and established work and reinventing it and rediscovering it. So, I mean, to an extent, it's never new. Like, it's always rediscovering something that we've read before, we've seen before, we've heard about before. So we're kind of, you know, we don't do that kind of, this is a totally brand new topic you've never heard of before. It's always about reinvention and rediscovery for us. Well, brings me on to the history of creation, because obviously we're saying, you know, revivals are new to us. Um, Lucy's been at creation nearly 10 years, but that's only half of creation's lifespan. Um, So we are 22 this year um, and we haven't done revivals for a while, but they actually used to feature quite heavily in the creation programme. So our third ever show, which was Hamlet in 1998, came back in 2001, but it switched from the summer slot at MCS into the mirror tent at BMW. And then Midsummer Night's Dream in 2000 did the same thing and came back in 2002. So again, we're talking about essentially the same version. So the same adaptation, the design, the director and the concept. But then things like the cast and the location are up for debate. I think you're sort of still legitimately calling it a revival, even if it's moved from the MCS um, island into the Spiegel tent at BMW. Um, the dream started off as a kind of seated show and then became promenade and stilts and people walking around the park. So it's, it's, it's sort of debatable what even a revival is. We're definitely not just sticking the same thing back up, which I guess brings us neatly on to dream that aforementioned dream was also a Zoe Seaton um, directed show who, who directed the dream that we did last year and that we're bringing back this year. Um, and so I thought maybe Lucy could give us a quick rundown on how that came about when we sort of clapped and everyone cheered at the last performance of Dream last year. The little germination of a seed that it wasn't done. Oh, I think it was a very easy one to know that we weren't done with it. Um, I think it, when we opened, we opened the day after the vote on the referendum. Um, and, uh, you know, I remember very confidently saying to the board when they were saying, oh, what's going to happen politically with you know brexit and trump and everything me going oh we're not going to leave you you trump's not going to be president that'd be ridiculous it's not going to affect our ticket sales 
Um, and then actually, you know, Oxford was particularly shaken by the referendum result and was really quite depressed for a couple of weeks. Um, so we opened this really uplifting, magical show and no one was booking tickets at first. Except the people who were, bless them, were coming out at the end and being like, this is what the world needs post-Brexit. Like, we need to sort of be together and celebrate. But yeah, we, we were like uphill struggle yeah um, and then it just ignored, it just took off it just went absolutely berserk we just we had you know sort of two weeks where it's fairly quiet and then the last two weeks we were packed we were turning people away we couldn't get enough people in and the audience responses i mean i've never known a creation show in 10 years that has had that kind of response from an audience that people just totally just felt like it was i mean you know people were coming out going that's literally the best thing i've ever done and that's no exaggeration those are the the very words people were giving um uh, john lewis uh, he's a long long time creation supporter and a lecturer at bucks college and we'll probably listen to this podcast so hello <laughs> to you john we love you um and writes reviews for the new Week. Uh, Weekly News uh, in his roundup of the year gave us theatrical production of the year and John sees absolutely everything on in Oxfordshire and beyond you know the response it got was incredible um so we kind of knew that to have that kind of to have the best audience feedback you've had in your life and only really have had two weeks when people can come and see it it just felt like insanity to go okay let's start from scratch let's reinvent the wheel let's try and replicate this with something completely different um, and we started to, to know that this was how we were feeling about it during those last two weeks. So we started surveying our audience and 99% of the people who saw it said, I would come and see it again. Now, to get 99% of people saying, oh, I really loved it, I'll give it five stars, is an achievement. But to get them saying, I will spend my money again <laughs> to have this experience a second time is just really, really amazing and unheard of. And there's very few shows I've been to see and loved that I would say I'm going to buy a ticket and see that again. Although if Chris, Chris Good wants to do Money the Game Show again, we're I'm totally there. there. We're yeah, totally we'll be there. there. <laughs> but yeah, but most amazing shows you don't you don't you know you don't feel that moved by. So, kind of with that sort of information in mind, we sort of felt like okay, you know, this would be a really exciting, you know, opportunity to keep going with it. Really. Well, and because it was it was and is really strange in a sort of wonderful way so it's not a format that you could easily map on to another Shakespeare it fits dream perfectly because of the mischief and the breakdown of the characters and we'd put so much kind of combined effort and time and love and thought into making this thing work that to try and apply that to another story just felt like that effort would have come to nothing like we'd be reinventing something that we'd only just invented um, yeah. And that people were coming out and saying, I've never seen anything like this. Because it's a, if you haven't seen, it's a kind of, oh, it's so hard to describe. It's a treasure hunt adventure and you're Game. on the streets. You're going into cafes and you go out the fire escape and you get chase someone down the road and you get bundled into the back of a van. And But it also tells you the story of Midsummer Night's Dream and you leave feeling like you've had, you've been part of an amazing storytelling evening. Yeah, you just, you um, just experience the story and the characters up close. It's really... And in the real world, it's, we, we sort of effectively have started calling it free range theatre. <laughs> you know, the actors are running wild in a real world environment and it really feels like it's hap- it's like literally happening for the first time live in front of you that night. It's it's such a, a special piece. But, what the, you know, the other thing that was that's sort of unique about about the shows we're doing this year is to be in a position where you, you, you a show has gone that well and you have that much love for it and it's that, that's that good and it's received that well but you know you can still make it better. 
And that's very much the case with Dream. We've had other shows, and I would say Henry V here, and this will disappoint lots of people who are constantly campaigning, saying, can you do Henry V again? Henry V that we did at Oxford Castle was absolutely, it, it was phenomenal, and the feedback was amazing, and we loved it. Currently, I can't see a way we can make it better. So if you're going into it thinking, I don't know how to improve on that, and you know some of your fantastic cast who are in it no longer act, so you may, you know, can you get someone as good in? The danger of revisiting the work is the second time it isn't quite as good. And as uh, someone once said to me, second cup of tea is never as good. And I've taken <laughs> that to heart with some shows. But when it comes to a, a show like uh, like Dream, you're looking at it and you're going, well, that's how we feel about it and how our audience feel about it. But we actually, we absolutely, definitively, 100% know there were things we didn't pull off in it we wanted to. There were things we knew would make that more magical or, you know, the crack, as Zoe, who directed it, said, you know, maximum crack we were going for. There was more crack to be had. There was more fun. There were areas where the video content, we struggled to get to work as well as we wanted it to. We've got kind of lots more surprises that are going in this year that that we, we knew at the start of last year what we were trying to achieve and we knew where the production fell short. So the position, you know, being able to come back a second year and have this great kind of base of something really good you're starting with but knowing you can elevate this to this whole other level it's just so exciting it's gonna be so fun and then huh, as if um we've got more time and energy and resources and we're going for alice um which is slightly further back in time and maybe has slightly different rationale to um to why it's uh, it's making a return so it was our first um first summer family show um was in 2000 and that was an Alice so it's and it's an Oxford story and so it kind of fits nicely with the creation um world and so the version that we're doing this year or at least the, the script and the director um were first performed at St Hugh's uh, in the summer of 2015 um, and then it transferred up to the mill in Banbury um to be our first Christmas show there um all of which time Lucy was on maternity leave I'm um, looking after Leia who's been pushing a tiny push chair um <laughs> around the podcast today um but yeah so this one is has slightly different uh, logic and reasons and will be a completely different show uh yeah tell us uh yeah so well Alice is kind of it's partly that we we so we you know we had a, again we had a show that we loved and a show that we knew there were changes we could make to it and things we'd like to do that, that would be really exciting to do with it and then we sort of fell in love with Oxford University Parks last year. So we did Hamlet there and just discovered it's this just a beautiful venue to be in, just run by the most amazing, lovely people. Um, and that just it opened up our work to a whole new audience of people. It was much more visible than some of the venues we've used in the summer recently. So, you know, we were getting a lot more people walking through the park, seeing us, jogging through the park in the evening <laughs> and thinking, what's going on here? So as a, as a place to perform that really opened up the possibilities of engaging with new audiences, it's a very exciting venue for us. Um, and then kind of building on from that and going, well, you know, we did Hamlet last year. It was really kind of punk and exciting. Where do we go next with it? And one of the sort of the possibilities was we felt we got away with the weather last year. We had great weather. It didn't matter. There wasn't an indoor backup. And we weren't that confident in gambling again this year. So... If it needs cover, it needs some form of tent. So we started thinking circus big top. Um, <laughs> and then actually, you know, the venue is very, the venue and the show and have to kind of completely mesh and be exciting and artistically make sense. And for me, I've never found a way to make Shakespeare in a big top really deliver on that. It just seems like, oh, it's a big top and here's a play. 
Um, whereas actually Alice had this slightly kind of vintage fairground design to it. So it was sort of going along those lines and starting thinking, well, actually Alice in a, in a big top with this kind of vintage fairground circus feeling becomes really exciting and really makes sense. And it's next to the pond. So maybe the Jabberwocky is like a kind of Loch Ness monster that's in the <laughs> pond in university parks. And, and, and it's sort of, you know, like, like Charlie sort of um, quite often says in the office, if it's a good idea, it sparks a thousand other ideas. And once we hit on Alice in a big top in the park, suddenly the scope for really exciting kind of sideshow type activity, pre-show beer from tap social that's kind of branded in drink me that you drink beforehand and you know this kind of festoons everywhere this little kind of circus village of creation madness <laughs> sprang up and we kind of were going this is so exciting this is actually more interesting to us than going oh okay this year we're doing 12th night and okay what are we going to do how are we going to make it exciting like this idea was already germinating and, and really growing um and then we, we were very lucky that we that um, the show is being sort of sponsored by Mr Village because we are performing extracts of it there over the summer as well. And we did Shakespeare for them last year. And when we were planning this year, what to do next, we were sort of talking about the possibilities of Alice. And it, it just fits really beautifully as something that can pop up in isolated little little scenes, little vignettes that kind of pop out throughout the village and make sense as standalone pieces and are stunningly beautiful. You know, the Alice dresses the most photogenic item of clothing I've ever seen in my life. Um, so that kind of, those those things, just the stars aligned and it became Alice's year again. Um, but it is, it is one of those short stories like Shakespeare that I think can have endless rediscovery and reinvention and, and has so much fun in it as well that it, it sits very well with something children can see and my kids sing all the songs and love it. But actually adults can come out in the evening and, you know, have a cocktail and enjoy being in a big tent in a park in the evening and seeing this absolutely bonkers surreal show. Alice has something as well about about the script development, because really in the world of creation, you either get Shakespeare which you can mess with and play with, but it doesn't really need that much doing. Or you get essentially new writing, an adaptation which either the writer or the director works on on their own in the shed, Gary, uh, and tries to make themselves laugh. And then you put it on stage and you refine it and the cast work on it. But actually, there's always new writing in those cases. Whereas Alice had a summer run, a Christmas run, and it was tweaked and it was we found what worked and the pace of it and what made people laugh and the bits that appealed to kids and adults. And so... It feels like that script is is kind of getting perfection now and adding in the circus element and being in a big top and some people sitting on the floor at the front and it's a totally different kind of vibe to it. But also that we've got a script that we really know yeah. will appeal to people and has had we've, all the work done. We've done, done the bug fixings. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's been worked out. Um, all right, well, I feel like that's revivals. Um, obviously a quick run through um, and pretty general um, and a bit of, of what we're up to this summer. Um, but we hope there's something interesting in our kind of back and forth. We'd probably just be having this conversation anyway, so <laughs> if we weren't recording it. Um, but it's yes, it's very nice to have you along. Uh, thank you very much for tuning in. Um, don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Facebook. As I said at the beginning, we're really kind of stepping up our game um, in the creation social media. So please do respond to us and talk to us and kind of um and we'll join in because we're all kind yeah, of if there's anything you'd like to hear us talk about in the future yes please do, do people. contribute yeah yeah my my dream is to take the podcast on the road so i want to rave around and 
knock on some doors in Blackwells and pop up in rehearsals and yeah so hopefully this will just kind of grow and grow um you can keep up to date um with the podcast coming out and also lucy's um got vlogs and maddie's writing blogs and that's all on the creation facebook and twitter is probably the best place to find us um, and hopefully we'll see you at some revivals this summer right thank you lucy thank you <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. thank you for listening to the creation theater podcast you can find more episodes and all the latest creation news at creationtheatre.co.uk Thank you.